This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 23 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we talk to Wynn Walcott from Renew Gold. We'll find out from Hedwig about fleas. Um, we discuss water and hydration. And in Coffee Clatch, we match up fictional characters with the equestrian sports they would probably participate in. And there are many. This is Tigger Montague. And this is Patty Perucci. And you're listening to Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. So, Patty, you just got back from from Devon. Yeah, I'm still actually airing it. Uh, Yeah, and I'm still drying out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I haven't um, been there in, I want to say it's been five years. And as you know, Tigger, I've had a box. I think we figured out for 30 years. It's the same box, which is, it's kind of, it's pretty cool because you, if you give it up, that's it. You, you don't get the same box. So even when I haven't gone, I've had friends, um, you know, go and sit in and years I haven't gone, but I haven't been. And I decided to meet Phoebe and Hannah, uh, went with me and met Phoebe there and it, we were delayed. Who are your daughters, by who are my daughters? Yes. And Phoebe, who doesn't ride anymore, although she was quite a very good equestrian, um, but lives in Wellington. Um, and Hannah, who is um, trains with me here in uh, Houston, and we just got there. And like you know, when you leave ninety degree weather, and someone says it's going to be colder, it's a little hard to prepare for that. Fortunately, I packed a bunch of coats because Phoebe did not pack enough clothes. So that was because it was cold, and, and it wasn't a teeming pouring rain, but it was just constantly drizzling. So, um, you know, kudos. You know, anybody that says that dressage is a sissy sport, I'm telling you what; those people out there in that kind of weather, under the lights, mm-hmm. talk about dedication. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. I was so happy to watch it on the live stream in the comfort yeah. of my home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's nice, Tiggs. Live streams are a wonderful thing. I had so many people say, hey, I think I see you because I've had the same box for, you know, that many years. I think I see you. They'd be texting me. I think I see you. Why don't you wave? And I'm just like this face going, yeah, hello. Yeah, great. 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 I'm glad you saw me. I made it on TV. Woohoo. <laughs> That's me under the the water. Yeah, but it was it was definitely cold, and it just makes you realize how much um, uh, dedication goes into the sport when it when the weather doesn't go well. And it's tough to do and Devin in the rain because that is not uh, a facility that has no. all the modern perks. No, no, no. It's got no. a lot of history, but not yep. a lot of perks. No, pudding and was beautiful. Fact, the pictures of some of the riders back in the CDI barn. Yeah, I mean. They are bundled. There's no warmth back there at all. No. Yes, you are sort of out of the weather, kind of. It's not raining on your head. Right. Yeah. But, you know, they <laughs> scarves. And, I, I yeah. mean, it, lo- it looked like it was 20 below zero. It wasn't that cold that way, but it was, for me, because I'm so thin-blooded anymore, it was it was just sort of like you had to keep moving and they had um and they have a lot of different um shops a lot of the same shops but they had this one company 
and I think it was called Outback or something where they were selling wax coats. And so the three of us bought wax hats, which are rain hats, which we totally needed. And then I bought a wax, uh, you know, either the long wax riding coats. And I'll tell you what, man, that did keep me warm. And I was not wet. So that was well worth it. But you saw first day, you know, on Friday, some people had them. Saturday, um, a lot more people had them. Saturday night, the guy had nothing left because <laughs> it was just <laughs> so it was a good, good call. And there's, on his there mind. is nothing. I grew up in Pennsylvania. There is nothing yep. quite like the cold, damp drizzle yeah. that can fall in that state. Yeah. There's nothing else yeah. like it. Oh, yeah. chills you to the yeah. bone. Yeah, it does. But we did have a very good time. Horses, uh, all the, it, it was just, you know, great to be there. It's so much history and it's just a wonderful show. But uh, I'll tell you what, more people were in doing shopping, which was great for the vendors than watching, which is unfortunate. But that happens. That's Devin. Everybody knows it. Yeah. There you go. So, yep. So, but we're all warm now and ready to yep. rock on with the show. Woohoo. Right. Let's do it. This episode's special guest segment is brought to you by Warhorse, naturally aggressive and fiercely kind. And we're here with Wynn, who is the owner of Renew Gold, which is one of my personally favorite products. I recommend it a lot to people who are looking for a whole food diet for their horse. Wynn, welcome to Healthy Critters. Welcome. It's a it's a pleasure to be here. I have been looking forward to visiting with you. Oh, thanks. Well, there's a question that I have been dying to ask you. How did you come up with this really unique blend of coconut meal and rice bran together? I, that's really out-of-the-box thinking. Well, uh, you know, Tigger, we like to tell some people sometimes that uh, we function out of the box. In fact, often you can't even see the box uh, from where we are. Um, and we think, that's a, we think that's a good thing. We, uh, we've been in the industry a long time, and we were very influenced many years ago uh, by Dr. Gary Potter at Texas A&M with research that he was doing back in the 1980s on adding fat as an energy source to horses. And while it looked like a good idea at the time, uh, the practicality on a day-to-day basis was tough. And we looked for other ways to maybe accomplish the same thing based on Gary's work. And it was similar work. Just uh, you can't undervalue what he did. It was really swimming against the tide uh, back in those days. And, so uh, my background is biochemistry, and uh, we have cutting horses, kind of an unusual uh, combination. And so we were looking for something for our own horses initially, and um, we developed the application of stabilizing rice bran and using that uh, as a fat additive uh, grain replacer for horses. And that was a great product for us, Natural Glow. We did that for a lot of years and sold the company in 2006, and I had a non-compete. And in the meantime, I did a lot of formulating for other companies, and the uh, that generated more opportunity to look at some different ingredients, and we were approached 
um, about using coconut uh, in horses from a company in Australia. And uh, while I was not enthused about it at first, the more I looked at it and the more I looked at the data they brought, um, our history with Stabilize Rice brand um, really pushed me in the direction of considering what it provided that Stabilized Rice brand didn't. And they turned out to be uh-huh. uh, a perfect match together. Um, what one thing provided, yeah. the other thing didn't. And so that's what really started the project. And it was, uh, it was an interesting project to work on because basically we started with a clean sheet of paper and said, if you didn't feed horses already, but you knew how they worked inside, what would you do in there? And mm. so we, we didn't really have too huh. preconceived a notion about it. And that was a start. It was 17 formulations and trials um, to the final formulation. And, and it was a matter of getting ratios right and uh, offsetting effects in the right way. And, uh, and the results, which you see, and we've just been, it's, it's been a, a great ride for us. Uh, we're very, very pleased with, with how the product works and, and with the support we're getting across the country with it now. When, how long has the company been around? I, um, I'm, I'm a dressage trainer and a huge fan of, um, Renew Gold. I've got, um, a, most of my horses on it in the barn and I was just curious, how long has it been al- around? We started the uh, Renew Gold trials early night, uh, 2011, and okay. we uh, brought the product out uh, early in 2012. And okay. so it's just been a company for four years. Uh, and I, wow. and we're, you know, we're, we're currently in all 50 states, and uh, um, the following has been fun, and the the response back, we do a lot of direct customer relationship uh, work, and the response from the customers has just been uh, been great. It's a real positive environment to come to work through every day. Oh, that's neat. That's neat. So, and, and, are, and do you find, um, like, when you were trying to figure out the, the balance of the two supplements, or supplements, the rice bran and the coconut meal, that's- fats yeah. like how 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 did you come to the formula formula that worked how did you know it was what worked well you know it's actually it's more than that we have flax in the product also mm-hmm. we have three fat sources yeah. in the product and and as i know you you're That's very true. familiar with and probably a lot of your uh uh, listeners are are aware because i know that, that you do a lot of, a lot of education on your end of the of the country, um, different fats are absorbed differently and utilized differently. Um, and that's a goal that we were looking for. And one of the things that the product was not designed really to be a grain replacement. When we brought stabilized rice bran to the market, it was a grain replacer. Mm. We were looking for a different way to make calories available for us in a safer, uh, less disruptive way. And, and that's what we did with that product. And there's several other ways to do that, of course, too. Um, but the idea with Renew Gold was different. We remain strong, strong, strong believers that the majority of the energy that a horse needs 
should be supplied by the horse's roughage. And that in many cases, all of the energy, all of the energy can. Um, if, uh, if you're not getting that accomplished, there's a couple options. One is better hay. Right. Um, and if that still doesn't do it, maybe more hay, uh, or better pasture. Um, but you do run into a wall where you make the, all the energy you can as efficiently as you can from the roughage, most natural form of, of energy for the horse. So what we're looking for is the right combination of additional energy that we could put in there above and beyond the roughage without disrupting uh, the way the digestive system works. This is the challenge with feed concentrates today. Mm-hmm. Um, you may get them digested. The horse may very well digest 7, 8, 9, 10 pounds of a feed con- grain-based feed concentrate. Um, but it does it at the expense of proper digestion of the roughage. And so it's, a, it's, it's no what do you more mean than by a trade that? out. In it. What do you well, mean by that? Once, once you put more starch and sugar into a horse's digestive system, then it has the ability to break down in the small intestine. From the very point that you run out of the enzyme that does that amylase, that does that in the small intestine, Mm -hmm. that goes from being a positive energy source to being in a place that it was never intended to be from that point. As soon as you quit digesting it. So it travels on through the hind gut. And when it gets to the hind gut, it ferments and it will be digested. The horse will, will get those calories. But it alters the state of the hindgut so much. And the beneficial bacteria that live in the hindgut live in such a narrow band of acceptable environment that they get severely disrupted. And as Mm. soon as that happens, the horse's ability to properly digest the roughage, the proper part of its diet, goes away. You can digest one or the other in the hindgut. You can't digest both at the same time. And so once that roughage part of the diet does not get properly digested, it ends up on the ground behind the horse. Okay. I firmly believe that might be four, five, six thousand calories that end up undigested that were in there. You bought them and you hauled them and you stored them and you fed them and the horse ate them and then pooped them out. Yeah, And so uh, all of that was for naught. And so you traded off those safe, natural, valuable calories to better digest something that, that should never be in there to start off with. And the challenge with that is, if the horse doesn't thrive, what do you do? You put more concentrate in, right? Sure. Because yeah. obviously, and yeah. then it just... It's, it's a domino effect that makes the situation worse and worse and worse. So what we, what we were looking for um, was a way to normalize the digestive system. And a lot of, it doesn't seem like a real lofty goal uh, to say we strive to be normal yeah. um, when everybody wants to enhance everything that they make. Uh, enhanced immune response, uh, you know, uh, it, it, a horse can only be normal 
the, uh, the optimum a horse can be is normal. Um, he can only reach his genetic potential by being normal. Every time he's not normal, something's not working like it should. Right. And so the goal with what we were trying to do was take little improvements of disruption uh, out of the diet, little little sections of disruption out of the diet, and improve things in the stomach and improve take take uh, bacterial driven inflammation out of the small intestine. Uh, take excess starches and sugars out so there's enough amylase available for the proper amount of starch and sugar that's in the diet. And every time you do that, you gain a normalized area that's an advantage over the disruption that was there before. And when you add all of those together, now you're capturing uh, much more complete uh, digestion of the roughage in the hind gut. Um, we do provide additional energy. I mean, it's 15% fat, and, and uh, yeah. so it's a very energy-dense product, but that's almost, a, that's almost a side benefit. The big benefit is that we're capturing the calories that were in there all along right. that the horse couldn't capture because everything was disrupted. Interesting. When I have a question for you, um, what made you choose to go non-GMO? Um, boy, I tell you, isn't that isn't that a hot question? Depending mm-hmm. on who you talk to, <laughs> and I've got an opinion like everybody else does. Um, I believe that uh, if I lived in a village in Africa and my crop failed every year because of a fungus or a, or it was so attractive to some kind of bug that ate it and I couldn't feed my village, I would think that a genetically modified maize or corn that was either resistant to that fungus or was not attracted to that bug would be a pretty darn wonderful thing. Um, and there are situations in the world where people tout that. Um, I do believe, uh, in the law of unintended consequences. And I do believe that when we change things, we don't always know what the result's going to be, what the, what the ancillary results are going to be. And I always concern myself with that. And we have we sit in a fairly unique position in the industry. Um, when we developed Stabilized Rice Brand, we marketed it through ADM as Natural Glow. They didn't own the label. We owned the label, and they were a distributor for us. And part of redesigning their program from the Grow Strong Mineral to a lot of their feed program, um, we had the opportunity to run the customer service part of that business. So if you called them for 13 years, if you called them and you said, I've got a question about feeding horses, the phone rang here in California in our office and we did all of that. None of them did that. So Mm -hmm. we had this unusual opportunity to step in and do that for a national international company. And and the corresponding traffic that it drives. And we probably dealt face-to-face or, or voice-to-voice with more horse owners 
um, than anybody in the United States probably ever has done with the unique position of actually being horse people ourselves. So when they asked the question, we had a pretty good idea what they were trying to get across to us. So over all these years, we've seen a very unique um, change in what those questions are and what's, what's driving the interest or the concerns of the horse owner today. We still do that today. We still, you know, if you want to call up and talk about your diet, um, your guy, and mm-hmm. um, and we we do that uh, on a daily basis. Still, what I see that is so different today is so many more people with questions about allergic reactions in their horses. So many more people mm-hmm. with questions about Cushing and yeah. insulin resistance in their horses. Yep. And yep. the to a level that is many multiples of what we used to see. Now, Mm. so you say, okay, things Mm -hmm. have changed. Why? What has changed? Well, a couple of things have changed. Three things, actually. One of them is that 20 years ago, there was no GMO ingredients in in horse feeds. So that puts me on point to start off with. And while we have... um, we have a lot of customers that, that come to us because everything we make is non-GMO and they like that. Um, right. and they have a comfort level with that. And, you know, in all honesty, the people that, that don't care one way or another come to us because our products work. So, mm. right. you know, it's, it's the best of both worlds from our right. standpoint. The other two issues one is the internet and people are much more informed than they used to be and you don't hear about hard keepers anymore everybody calls up and says my horse is insulin resistant or i have a metabolic issue yeah or you know so some of that is is uh, internet driven and the other thing is a lot of the major feed companies today are least cost formulating where all the premium wines years ago used to be fixed formulated so they were the same every time you bought yeah. them. Today, the only thing that's the same is the bag. And the yeah. formulation actually changes depending on what they can buy the commodities for. And so th- those mm-hmm. are the three big differences that I've seen over the years. But mm-hmm. um, but it, it's enough to convince me that if you have the choice, um, as far as I'm concerned, it is no choice. I... As I said, we make some other products besides uh, Renew Gold, uh, not horse products, but we make some other uh, dog food and uh, poultry products, and and everything we make is non-GMO. We made the commitment when we started the company that we were going to do that. Yeah. When is is your? I have not never seen the Renew um, dog food or the Renew poultry food, and I have both poultry and dogs is it, it are those two products also distributed through manapro no they like are not new they're, gold they're, is. They're west coast products okay they're west coast products but they're coming um <laughs> you know boy it's a big country out there and <laughs> you know it's a little hard to get around to all of it we're we're very pleased with the expansion as far as as making renew gold available as as you know um, this is the type of product that, um, uh, that serious horse people are after. 
And yeah. the, the blessing of that is they understand. I mean, you can't sit down and talk to somebody and have them not get it. They're a horse person. They get what we're doing. Um, mm-hmm. But the curse is serious horse people travel, and they need to be able to get it when they travel. Right, and, right, right. Um, yeah. We are we are solving that challenge by the day, and you know we're in about a thousand stores across the country now, and and um, you know availability's gotten way better. Yes. Well, I do want to tell our listeners you can um, one national uh, store chain you can go to and find Renew Gold as Tractor Supply, and I yep. often tell that <coughs> to customers because there's generally a tractor supply and you know, almost every town or town yeah. nearby. So um, you can always get Renew Gold there. If your feed store doesn't carry it, they can get it through Manapro. That's the distributor. That's Am I correct, correct, Wynn? That's correct. We have a lot of independent, <laughs> regional independent distribution systems also that are carrying it. And uh, every tractor supply can get it if they don't have it. And hopefully That's by the awesome. first of the year everyone will have it as an automatic uh, normal uh, product in their, in every factory supply. So um, we're looking forward to that just as an availability to our, to our horse people. I mean, we've got, uh, I have, I've got a great story where I had a, a customer that had come from Florida to South Carolina looking for uh, and thought that they could get, uh, the product there and they didn't bring enough with them and they reached out to us and I went out on social media and said, does anybody in this lo- near this location um, that this person can get a bag of Renew Gold? And one of our customers I had helped on the phone with her diet <coughs> drove four hours to take her a bag as a thank you. Wow. wow. I mean, yeah. we, we've got... So I, I want to thank you, Wynn. this this is one of my favorite products i recommend it a lot um i use it a lot and i wish i wish you and i could 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 meet i hope someday that we can because anyone who had the foresight to put together such a wonderful um component of a whole food diet or or any real equine diet um, I, I would like to shake your hand someday. So if we can ever get you off the West Coast, <laughs> yeah. I would I, like to say do, thank you I for making renewed goals. Well, it's, it's absolutely, obviously it's our pleasure. It's a passion that, uh, that, uh, that we like to share. We're real horse people and we like to share that with real horse people. And, um, you know, it's, it's been, uh, it's, it's a fun ride. It's a real fun ride right now. Well, thank well, you so awesome. much for our listeners. You can go to the Renew Gold website um, and look at the formula on a, a very beautiful, well-designed website that's easy to navigate. Uh, find it at your local tractor supply. Uh, you can call Renew Gold and talk to Win if you've got some questions. Um, you can certainly always call Biostar. We're happy to answer questions about um, how to use a, a, a component food like Renew Gold in your horse's diet. So um, thank you very much, Wynn. Really appreciate so nice the to time talk you've to given you. us. And 
And we'll be selling a lot of renewed oh. gold here on the East Coast. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it, it, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure to have the opportunity to explain to people what we're doing. Well, thank you so much for your sure. time. You bet. Okay, bye. We know that cleaners and products we use have a great impact on the well-being of our families, our animals, our farms, and the earth. Warhorse works to offer our customers naturally aggressive and fiercely kind cleaners that provide effectiveness, versatility, and value. And Warhorse does this with special combinations of simple, humble, but extraordinary plant oils that have no pesticides, no metals, no glyphosate, no petroleum, no sulfate ingredients, and no genetically modified organisms. Warhorse's equine pet and people soaps use an exclusive raw sunflower oil that retains its waxes, lecithin, and vitamin E. And add some skin-loving avocado, coconut almond, and dead sea minerals, and you've got a buffet of healthy benefits for your farm family. All Warhorse cleaners are naturally aggressive on dirt and grime and fiercely kind to the most sensitive skin, even our pure gold and multi-purpose cleaners. So go ahead, get in the mud and get dirty. Warhorse has got your clean, a Warhorse kind of clean. Warhorse products are available at Biostar US. You can find them online at BiostarUS.com or call us direct 1 800 686 What what are you doing? Are you driving right now, or where are you? What are you laughing? No, we're, <laughs> we're home for once in our lives. We're home like normal humans. Well, I'm a dog feedy human, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, that's good. Well, yes. I have a very important question to ask you. Another one? Uh, yes. It's okay. well, actually, Jennifer's been asking him. It's me. I want to know what your feeling is on fleas. How do you handle them? How do you deal with them? You must have spoken with Tigger about my recent situation with a flea. Uh, so, um, well, I'd love I to hear the story. A flea singular? It was a single flea. <laughs> I was in the car with my human servant and my sister. We were traveling as one does. Uh-huh. And we were journeying. And suddenly I was overcome, overcome by itchiness. Oh, oh, my goodness. And so I flung myself into my servant and suggested that she scratch me until I was no longer itchy. And she did that. But in the process, she found flea dirt that had not been there previously because she does have to pat me a lot. So she's aware of the situation of my suit. And there was flea dirt, and she was quite upset. And then she pulled the car to the side of the road 
and she put me on her lap and she did a full body scratching. Oh my God, it was great. I was so happy. <laughs> and she found a single flea and she oh. caught it and she killed it. And then okay. she called my veterinarian and said, are you having some sort of problem with flea medication? Like it doesn't work. And she was pretty mad. And so they said pretty apologetically, oh, my goodness, um, we're so sorry. <laughs> Could we possibly give you some prodoxes to allow your dog to be rid of this horrible pestilence of a single flea? And so she mentioned plague rats and fleas and black death, and they were just they would have done anything to get her off the phone at that point. <laughs> and so then we went directly to the veterinarian where we were given pills, which I was given in teas. And I didn't even notice it was a pill because there was teas. And then the fleas died. And then we got new flea medicine put on us. And then we were fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's exhausting. exhausting. I was that. just exhausted. Yeah. So, so you're fine now. Well, I mean, the medicine has to be repeated because you might be reinfected. Although the fat was a little bit snarky about the fact that a single flea does not constitute an infestation. But when the servant went back to talking about plague rats and the number of animals and how if she ever finds a flea near her, she is going to light the house on fire, I think the vet just decided to let it, it go. Easy. Okay. Just okay. let it go. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And just smart I'm pretty servant. sure she did not... Yeah, she did not want a lecture on Black Death and how it decimated the population of Europe between 1348 and 1351. He was scared, and so she just let it go. So what was the flea medication exactly? Oh, well, so the one that allowed the flea to live was called Revolution, which apparently is not that much of a revolution because the flea was alive on my suit, (laughs) and there was flea dirt, which indicated that I had been bitten, although... Technically, it is possible that flea had not yet died, that it had bitten me but not yet died, and all the other fleas had died. That's what the vet said. But the servant hates to take chances with plague. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very and the other point. medication is called Capstar. That's the one that kills them dead. Yep, you take it. It's a pill. It comes in cheese, and it kills them dead. It comes in cheese. That's so funny. Oh, we have yeah. to look for that. When delivered to me. In- when delivered <laughs> All right. Well, okay. There's that. I asked the question. I got the answer. Tigger will remember an earlier flea infestation in Florida involving sand fleas, which was quite epic and awful. And we went to a whole other veterinarian and the servant walked in looking panicked and they just handed her the cap star and said, Miss, go back to the horse show. It will all be fine. (laughs) She didn't have to explain about the plague rats or anything that time. Oh, that's good. So they took her more seriously. Well, I think she might have looked a little crazy. I don't mean to judge. You know, she does her best. But I think she could have looked like a raving lunatic. Yes, by that point. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go, guys. There's. I'm there's so glad a- I could help you with this story. Thank you. you. Yes. I'm exhausted. It's I huge. I need to go take I'm a really shower tired. And, a, and a nap. I'm, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm going to look for dirt. And I need some cheese. And, I, and you need some cheese. <laughs> Perfect. Well, good luck well, thank with that. You, if you don't, you're welcome. Bye-bye, you know, I, I try to serve. Bye. <laughs> Bye. And now it's time for the breed of the show. 
So we are at our breed of the show segment, and this um, I decided to do German Pincher, and it's kind of a um, um, I, I I like to do dogs either that I've had, which are so many between Tigger and I, <laughs> um, or just somebody that I know has a different breed. And a f- a friend at the barn, his name is Christopher French. He does a lot of the construction and stuff out at our barn. And yeah, last week he was driving a lot out the driveway, and he had his dog in his car. And I, I don't know what the dog's name is, but he said, yeah, this is my German pincher. And you know, he won, um, he won at Westminster. I'm like, what? And then he had to drive off. So anyway, I was like, oh my gosh, you know? So, um, anyway, that was sort of what prompted me. And so today when I was telling him that he inspired me to, to do the breed, it was very interesting. So German pincher, how he got into it, which I think is interesting is like many, he wanted a red Doberman and he, um, ended up, uh, somehow, being led to a German pincher, which is a much smaller, medium-sized dog than a, than a Doberman. Um, they originated, originated in Germany, as did the Doberman and miniature pincher and affin pincher. So they're kind of all, um, they, they can all link back to each other one way or another. But they are a much smaller dog than the Doberman. Um, and anywhere from 25 to 45 pounds, um, but what's so interesting about this, so they're very, they're kind of a rare breed and um, they're, they're the breed characteristics, which Christopher had, his name was Chris, um, had really shared with me is that in the time of the world war, they used the dogs with the medics, which I guess I don't know if they were called medics then, but, um, but the dogs were so loyal. I mean, so loyal that if anything would happen to the medics, they couldn't get the dogs to leave. And if the medics ended up dying in the war, for some reason, um, many of the dogs ended up dying with them because they couldn't get them to leave. So it's like, like that type of loyalty that these dogs have. So after, um the world war they almost became extinct and they they literally didn't think there were any more dogs in in australia somebody th- thought they found um a couple that looked like him they ended up dna testing him anyway um they realized that they were truly the german pinchers and um the the breed got, came back to america and sort of hit the ground running. So in about 2003, they became AKC registered. So it's kind of a neat kind of background Mm. story about, it's really cool. Um, so, um, but between like 1950 and 1958, there was very, there was no litter registration for the breed. So they are considered a rare breed. Um, they, uh, a man by the name of Werner Jung, um, ended up bringing the breed back and, um, he's attributed to the characteristics of what the dog is now, which, like I said, medium sized dog, very, very similar looking to the Dobermans. You can find them in a red or a black and tan. Um, of course, very much like Dobermans or shepherds or whatever, you start getting outside of the color trait and going for like the Isabella or the blues or something like that. And that's not something that this breed, um, um, what's the word? Not condones the other word accepts. They, they like the, the real classic. Um, but as far as a pet, loving companion, companion, very, very loyal. Um, they're generally very friendly, very good with kids and other animals. Um, they do not do well with water. I don't think they're great swimmers, although they have, you know, that kind of slick coat that, huh. you know, mud can come off of and whatever. But they're, they're not good water dogs. I, I found that on a couple different sites. Um, <clears throat> and as far as... Um, um, 
health, they're generally a, a very healthy dog, limited things with cataracts, hip dysplasia, and the Wildebrand disease. Is that how you say that, Wildebrand? I think it's Wildebrand. Um, uh, but because they haven't been around that long and they haven't been bred down or bred up or whatever, um, they really have very few health issues. But good with other dogs. They're, um, I don't know if I'd call them a good apartment dog. If you can get them out and give them exercise, I think they're fine. I think they'll sit on your lap. I think they're good, you know, com- like I said, great companion dogs. Um, good with little kids. They're not, um, they didn't say a lot about them being good alert or like uh, watchdogs like the Dobermans are, because they are very similar um, breeding to them. Um, but they just said that they were, <clears throat> um, it, it just basically, the, the overall thing that's outstanding about this particular dog is that they're so loyal. Loyal to the point where it almost got them extinct. So it's kind of interesting. But my wow. friend Chris, he was best of breed at Westminster in 2014. That's unbelievable. I know. And like, I tried to look him up because he was telling me stuff. I was like, but he's shown this dog all over the, the world. Um, this year, <clears throat> his dog's son, who he owns, is also picked for best of breed. And um, so that would be the first time that that would happen where the, you know, the father and the son would win. So we'll see. But it's kind of, it was kind of, a, it's a celebrity dog. I should get a picture of him to put on the Healthy Critters Facebook page. But isn't that kind of a cool story? It's a very cool story. Yeah. So now we've arrived at Critter Nutrition, and today we're talking about hydration and water quality, which doesn't sound like a particularly sexy title, but... It's actually quite an interesting subject. <laughs> water <tell>. has been <laughs> on my <laughs> water has been on my radar for some time now, long before water disasters like Flint, Michigan hit the public news waves. It has been on my radar for two reasons: quality of our water and the importance of hydration for our animals, ourselves, and the plants and the trees. It is not only the availability of water that is at issue. It is the quality of water that affects our food, our health, our animals, and the ecosystem of Earth. Water is without question one of the most important substances on Earth. Horses can go longer without food than they can without water. 70% of a horse's weight is water, and it is needed for almost every body function. A loss of even 2% water can reduce performance by 10 to 20%. When horses sweat, they lose water. Dehydration is the result of fluid losses that exceed fluid intake. This loss of fluid will affect delivery of oxygen to the muscles, elevate heart rate, and reduce blood supply to the tissues. The challenge facing us is the quality of our water. Across the country, pollution from industrial farming is one of the leading sources of pollution of rivers and streams and aquifers. Rainwater flushes airborne pollution into river, lakes, and aquifers. Municipal water is treated with chlorine, which, when in contact with organic proteins, can produce dangerous byproducts known as THMs, trihalmomethanes. An analysis in 2012 determined that municipal water systems in 43 states 
had trihalomethane contamination affecting over 100 million Americans. This from the Environmental Working Group, Senior Scientist 2013. The Aaron Brockovich connection. 25 years ago, Aaron Brockovich took on the power company that polluted the tap water of Hinkley, California, with a carcinogenic chemical called chromium-6, also known as hexavalent chromium. Yet these many years later, a new analysis of federal data from nationwide drinking water tests show that the compound contaminates water supplies in all 50 states. In 2008, a two-year study by the National Toxicology Program found that chromium-6 caused cancer in laboratory rats and mice. In 2010, scientists at the California Office of Environmental Health Hazard Assessment concluded that ingestion of tiny amounts of chromium-6 can cause cancer in people, a conclusion affirmed by state scientists in New Jersey and North Carolina. Many horses are sensitive to the taste and smell of water, particularly when traveling and competing. Strange new water may make many horses reluctant to drink, so we add apple juice, Gatorade, molasses, oats to the water to encourage hydration. There are also horses that even at home don't drink as well as other horses do. I wanted to find out more about the quality of water in the U.S., so I hopped down the rabbit hole to learn about municipal water and well water. Municipal water is known to contain chlorine, hydrogen sulfide, chlorine treatment byproducts, aluminum, hexavalent chromium, and in some localities, fluoride. In addition, an array of pharmaceuticals, including antibiotics, heart medications, pain medications, and anti-anxiety medications have been found in small concentrations. The protozoans, giardia, and cryptosporidium can increase due to malfunctioning wastewater disposal systems or improperly disposed sludge. Well water can typically be high in iron and manganese and may contain atrazine, which is the most common pesticide in U.S. waters. The toxic chemical perchlorate has been detected in water in 26 states, but as of now, there is no federal drinking water standard for its presence. According to Scientific America in 2011, well water that is unfiltered can also contain high levels of arsenic, lead, and uranium. In agricultural areas, nitrates from nitrogen fertilizers often contaminate well water. An excess of iron. There is evidence that excess iron in the diet reduces the uptake of copper and zinc, can alter glucose metabolism, and increase the risk of tendon and ligament problems. Remember, plants, forage, hay, soil, and water are sources of iron. When you add commercial feeds that are fortified with iron, hay grown in high iron soils, and well water with high iron, it may result in too much iron and too low amounts of copper and zinc. Horses only need 40 parts per million of iron per day to meet their daily requirements. High iron can be especially problematic for the insulin-resistant or Cushing's horses. Lack of good hydration can contribute to colic, choke, poorly digested nutrients, and even heat stroke. Training and performance are compromised as well. One of the early signs of hydration issues is manure. Drier than normal feces can signal dehydration, and manure that is too loose can lead to loss of fluids and cause dehydration. I thought my horses were well hydrated, save for one gray pony mare who never drinks as much as I would like her to. I have my well tested every few years, and I know it is high in iron. 
The well water here at the farm does not have an odor that I can detect and to me tastes great. Testing one, two, three. A client in California told me about a water filter that had turned her imported Dutch warm blood jumper around from a cranky resistant horse to the willing horse she had tried in Holland. As she was telling me this, I thought, well, of course, her barn is on city water. He probably wasn't as hydrated as he needed to be. But I was intrigued that there was a simple filter one could attach to a hose or spigot and purify the water. Naturally, I had to try it. I had no expectations. After all, my horses drank well, with the exception of the gray pony mare. I attached the filter to the hose at the barn and really didn't give it another thought until the next day when the pony mare drank 50% more water than usual. By the time I turned the horses out that evening, the geldings had consumed a quarter to a third more water than normal. It was not a hot day. Then I started noticing that the horses were eating their feed with more gusto. They get their whole food feed soaked in their buckets, and in addition to that, a ground feeder of chaff hay and flakes of their grass alfalfa hay. The horses normally take a few bites of their feed, then a few bites of the chaff, then back to the feed, then back to the chaff. But now they were chowing down on the feed before touching the chaff hay. This water filter is called the horse hydrator. It is an ingenious device that easily screws onto your hose or your spigot. It provides a dual filter system capable of decreasing a variety of heavy metals, bacteria, and chemicals. It provides a kinetic degradation flexion process, which uses high-purity copper-zinc media to decrease chloride, iron, lead, mercury, hydrogen sulfide, algae, bacteria, and other harmful contaminants. Impurities are rendered harmless by an exchange of electrons. This is known as an oxidation reduction process. The other component of the horse hydrator is an activated carbon filter system made from coconuts. The contaminants are filtered or reduced by the mechanism of adsorption, an action similar to clays like kaolin, think kaopectate, used internally to soak up toxins in the GI tract. Carbon filters from coconut can adsorb pesticides and herbicides, volatile organic chemicals, and trihalomethanes from city water, which can be harmful byproducts of chlorine disinfection. A study published in 2013, the simultaneous removal of trivalent and hexavalent chromium by activated carbon, carbon, which was uh, an article that was and study done in the Environmental Progress and Sustainable Energy in 2013, showed that coconut carbon was capable of adsorbing trivalent and hexavalent chromium. This filter is portable. You can use it at home, take it to shows and clinics. It is capable of filtering up to 2,000 gallons of water before you need to replace it. The company recommends with regular use, replacing it every 90 days. Barns with water filtration and purification systems would not need the horse hydrator at the barn, but will love it when shipping horses and showing horses. I was so impressed with the horse hydrator filter that Biostar became a distributor for the product. Keeping our horses hydrated and being able to remove contaminants from any water supply makes the horse hydrator an exceptionally important and handy device for water purification. And the better the water tastes and smells, the more water the horses will drink. 
Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. BioStar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The BioStar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BioStarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BioStarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. And we're at Coffee Clatch. Tigger, I think you should take the lead on this because you're the one that came up with this outstanding idea. Well, we'll see if it's outstanding. <laughs> yeah, we have, we're not that, that far into we're it. We're not sure. Jury's, jury's right? out. Yeah. The jury's out. So, yeah, jury's out. So we'll see. My great idea was to take fictional characters and have us each figure out what equine sports they would likely compete in. Um, <laughs> I was so charged with finding the fictional characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, if anybody knows you, will go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Um, Trying to take into consideration um, my fellow co-hosts' particular interests and knowledge of movies, novels, cartoons. (laughs) So the first two were who I knew, and then after that, I had nothing. (laughs) I'm kidding. So, Patty, let's start off with... The first one on our list, who is Batman. Batman was the most obvious, and I'm sure you guys have this one as well. Doma Vaquera. That's not one of the Olympic sports. Did you say Olympic? You said equestrian. Well, that's true, but in relationship to what we did the last show, which was show jumping, dressage. What does Doma Vaquera mean? (laughs) I don't know what Doma Vaquera means. It's what is basically it? it's it's like Western dressage. Dressage kind of. is in is in. Oh, this is really going to be off because when you see some of the other ones I did, you're going to be like, oh my gosh. Okay, Domba Vaquera is sort of like Western dressage, and they do it in Spain, and it's With really cool. Yeah, it's no, beautiful. that's that's no, that's all. That's um um that's no Domba Vaquera is like one handed dressage. The pole one is um oh gosh, Garocha. Garocha. So it's a little. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy, I don't have any Olympic sports, but <clears throat> you'll love well, you're my Mary add Pop- a little variety and spice to our discussion. Okay. Yes. Well, okay. Why would you think that this would be good for Batman? Well, because I mean, I know why. Because it, one hand always has to be on his belt, grabbing a hold of one of his clever little tools that he has on there. Thank you, Jennifer. <laughs> and it just seemed—I don't know. It just seemed—I don't know. I just seemed, it seemed. It came to me, and that's what I thought. I thought that's what I thought was appropriate. Tigger, would you like to share with the group who you what you picked? Driving. I figured uh, he drives a souped-up car, so he'd want a lot uh, of horsepower. Okay. <laughs> okay. There you go. Fair enough. Jennifer, um, I had two choices. If it's Batman, uh, the modern movies, he would be an inventor. Okay. Because he he would have to have gear. 
all kinds of gear. Yes, yeah, But if it's Batman, the 1970s animated Saturday morning TV show, he would be a Rainer. Ah. Yes. Okay. Well, interesting. Yes. Keep it simple. Keep it straightforward. You look really nice, but not too yep. not too complex. Simple scoring system. Okay. Yeah. I like that. But can't you see him in his cape with a four in hand galloping yes. across the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can. I Tigger, what'd you pick? Like... Driving. Oh, did you say driving? She did. Oh, yeah. wait. That's okay. I meant Tigger. <laughs> losing it. I'm losing it. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Next one is Snoopy. Patty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In the Olympic sport of Western pleasure riding. <laughs> Western pleasure. Kind of hangs out. Nothing's a real big deal. Just going to well, go slow. I totally disagree with you. Well, I haven't watched Snoopy in a long time. <laughs> You're not allowed to disagree. <laughs> Jennifer, she can't do that, can she? Um, no, no negging here. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jennifer, would you pick? Well, okay. Again, if I use Tigger's formula, he's a rainer as well. Okay. Uh, in his little dog house. I could totally see Snoopy doing a freestyle with his goggles. Uh, yes, yeah. for sure. But if we use Patty's formula, it's obvious yes. he's cowboy mounted shooting. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking cowboy, but okay, I get, yeah. yeah Got it. Okay, I went in a completely different direction. Yes. Yeah, okay, where'd it? you go? Show jumping. Oh, I totally see Snoopy, Snoopy Snow Show. Yeah, jumping. but I can see that when he would like get on his house and on his fly house around. and he'd fly and he'd yeah, be in the speed the class band. too. Absolutely. The yeah, speed for class. Sure. yeah, no, I can see that. I can yeah. see that. Okay. With Woodstock on his shoulder. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, Mr. Spock, Patty. <laughs> Not Dr. Spock. Right, Mr. Spock. Um, I chose the Olympic sport of mounted orienteering. Oh my gosh, I picked the same one. <laughs> no, you did not. I did. No, you, I no, did. you did not. I did. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. <gasps> what is it? Okay, it's mounted orienteering. Jennifer, would you like to explain what it is? Mounted orienteering is the sport of finding your way around a unmarked course using a compass. Mm -hmm. Or a map. And they give you a map and they give you a compass and it has waypoints. And you have to find yep. your way around using your compass and your waypoints. You go X number of I feet cannot believe you picked direction. the same thing. Yes. Well, it's the wow. thinking. You know why? Because their motto is it's the thinking, the thinking rider's sport. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny because I looked up sp different types of sports and um, I saw that. I'm like, oh, Spock. Okay, that's so funny. And Patty, oh, that was where did you go with this? Or not Patty? Tigger. Tigger. Just like, we, yeah. Dressage. See, that just seems so obvious. Yeah. It's only logical. <laughs> I did have, I will tell you this, I did originally, <laughs> I did have dressage. I did have that down. But then when I saw this, I thought... Yeah, I got to go with that. Yeah, yeah. See, for me, I can see him do a Vulcan mind meld on judges that didn't give him a good <gasps> score. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. That would be Obi Wan Kenobi. 
He could just tell the judges what score he wanted to get. Yeah. This is not the score you want. Yeah, that's right. That rider needs a seven. You will be rewarded for your... Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm, I've been watching Star Wars. <laughs> and next up, we have... Okay, Patty. Indiana Jones. I put uh, bull riding or a rainer. <laughs> which I thought was a little obvious. <laughs> I had a venting. Yeah, I you know what? I, I, I had that down. No, I had jumpers initially. but And I and then I thought bull raining. Yeah, I liked my other. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I mean, also I had show jumping. Indiana Jones. Yeah, I had show jumping. Oh, you did? But I liked better ski joring. Oh. <laughs> yes. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Yep. I see. Yeah. He would be Very champion good. ski joring in Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or Norway. Yeah. Or Norway. Or Iceland. <laughs> or Iceland. <laughs> yeah. Find a halflinger. Go, go, yeah, go. Right. All right, Patty. Bella Swan from who, Twilight. I do know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And I decided <laughs> um, Bella Swan, before she was... Um, uh, when she was still human or afterwards, right? Either one. I decided afterwards because she was sort of pasty white, so I figured side saddle. <laughs> I was <I'm> thinking. <laughs> there was really no other reason behind it because obviously she sort of she was somewhat adventurous, <laughs> but I decided to go by the looks. Jennifer, what did you have? You know, I put um, in hand class. Ah, <laughs> just I'm here and I look gorgeous. That's all yep. I gotta do. Yep. And I just love show up. my pony. Yeah, that's what I put. Yep. Okay, I went a totally different direction. Mm-hmm. Okay, barrel racer. See, yeah, I, but yeah, does see, that work? yeah, yeah. See, I always, I, I always think, think anybody of... decides to become a vampire. Yeah. Yeah, be really pretty, wants, yeah. Yeah. Uh, needs adrenaline, needs, you know, a thrill seeker. Yeah. yeah. And I guess when you become a vampire, that's kind of a, now it's a 24-7 thrill you know, seeking job. You know job. what vampire would be a great barrel racer is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, she yeah. would be a barrel Her. racer. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's so funny. Patty, Princess Leia. Okay. I kind of went all over on this one but i decided endurance or icelandic equitation (laughs) (laughs) because icelandic equitation is something everybody should look up you guys have seen that you know where they they go at um what did they say there's there there was certain terms they used um um oh god where did i put that um trying to think what they called it they it's not trotting, but they told oh, halting. Yeah, something. It was just something like I was like, oh yes, I think that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. I can totally see Princess Leia doing the endurance thing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That, I think yeah. that's spot on. Yeah. Okay. What did you have, Jennifer? I chose show jumping because she's kind of badass, but really good looking doing it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I had a venting. Okay. So I think she's incredibly brave, and she'd take a lot of risks. Yeah. Yeah. 
and she do it in a in a bikini. Um, <laughs> see, Tig, you didn't think I knew. I'm impressed. Thank you. Mary Poppins. This is my probably my favorite. <laughs> Jim Connor. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I thought awesome. of that in a million years. Yeah, oh, Jim Connor. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Jennifer, what do you have? I had dressage side saddle. I did. Ah, too. yeah. Okay. See, I didn't have the side saddle. I just had dressage. Yeah, she had to be side saddle. She's not going to ride a stride. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clarice Starling <laughs> from Silence of the Lambs. Since I've never watched the movie, but it, well, I've watched parts of it because it just scared the patibis out of me. I went with barrels. Uh-huh. Okay. Interesting. I went with raining, so kind of close. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Jennifer, what'd you go with? I went with um, Colt starting world champion because she's all the time <laughs> trying to figure out what they're thinking. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, that's really good. Yeah, that is a good one. I can figure you out. And I did not watch the movie because the book was way too scary. Yeah, it yeah. was. But the movie was even scarier. Yeah. Yeah. Professor Snape from Harry Potter. This is probably my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Here it ride the Lipizzaner tours of North America. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) What did you have, Jennifer? I had raining. I could see him totally kicking the the whole freestyle freestyle thing. Yeah. Okay. And I had him as a show jumper. Interesting. Show jumper. Okay. Well, he's a potions master. So I was thinking, well, to do potions, you have to be very precise. Mm-hmm. And show jumping is very precise. I thought you had to do potions to be a show jumper. I know. Well, I don't know if you want to say that. Or you got to drink something. <laughs> but he is also professor of the dark arts. Yeah. Well, he only was for that one term, remember? Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't really like him. <laughs> no. And last but not least, Samwise Ganji from... <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I had polo. I'm telling you, I put a lot of thought into these. Well, that <laughs> may not awesome. make any sense at all, but I put a lot of thought into this. Yep. Jennifer? I had him um, as the world champion in combined driving in the very small <laughs> equine pairs division. <laughs> I had him in the pairs division too. See? Oh, that is isn't that funny. Very, he has to be in oh, the VSEs though. Driving yeah. little white ponies. Absolutely. Oh, that's so funny. And they would just be just a little bit overweight. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's the ponies funny. or the Hobbit. Well, the Hobbit, you know, depends on your point of view. Yeah. <laughs> One guy's fat hobbit well, and another guy's just right. That's true, but he's always talking about food. Sam as, as are his ponies. Yes. 
Yeah. And there are there point. there is a lot of eating and drinking in the driving community. You know, that whole tailgate thing is extremely important. So I think he'd fit in. Well, and that actually ties into Patty's polo reference. Mm-hmm. That's true. Eating, drinking, maybe tailgating. He, maybe he wouldn't yeah. be very good at playing polo, but much better at uh, tailgating at polo. Yeah. Or he could play water yes. polo. <laughs> I think he'd sink. Yeah, he probably would. But those feet, I would say. There we go. So that's it, guys. That's that's yep. the uh, that's our character. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. And if our listeners want to chime in, we would love to hear oh, from yes. you. Yes. What's what's yeah. what email address should they send their suggestions to? Pe- to uh, Tigger. Send it. Uh, put them on the Healthy Critters page on Facebook. Oh, so go to Healthy Critters on Facebook and yep. post post your suggestions. Either perfect a sport that you would like to see a fictional character play or a fictional character who is looking for a sport and we'd love to hear from you. And that's going to be on Facebook. So that's grand. So it's time to wrap things up. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your wawas. Outweight your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. And forgive your fox. While hedging your with your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your dry raff. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with an orangutan. And Facebook with your flamingo. Oh,